Hi everyone, this is Kate and welcome to ArtWise. So I'm sure that a lot of the regular uh, listeners have noticed um, Diane's not here. Um, and that's because Di- Diane moved this past weekend and she's super busy and she was unable to record, but it's okay because I have something super interesting to talk about. So I'm, I'm just going to try and, and, and do this on my own. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about Walt Disney. So um, I'm sure as a lot of you know or have heard, um, Walt Disney uh, sometimes like is not portrayed in the best light. Um, I've definitely heard like, oh, Walt Disney was a horrible person. He was racist. He was a Nazi, all this and that. Um, and, you know, of course, there's um, the people who love Disney. I know a lot of people who are obsessed with Disney. Obviously, Disney is a really big thing. Uh, they have like a ton of, you know, theme parks, ton of movies, lots of stuff. Um, there's honestly like a lot uh, to delve into. We could honestly probably at some point um, do a part two with Diane. Um, but for now, I just wanted to sort of take a second to kind of delve into Walt Disney's life. Um, what happens throughout the course of his life, what he did, how he became famous. Um, and like also after we get into like his his whole life timeline, which is is what we normally do for um, artists of the past on this podcast, um, is I'm also gonna talk a little bit about um, some sort of shocking things that I feel like a lot of people don't know because Disney, to me anyways, and I'm sure to a lot of other people as well, is something that is often really like romanticized. You know, a lot of people think that Disney is is like this, it's it's held up on this pedestal for, for animation, for cartoons, um, among a lot of other things. Um, of course, you know, there's a lot of theme parks and, and stuff like that, but um, Disney really is held up on this pedestal. Um, and it's also targeted towards children for the most part. So um, it's not really super shocking that a lot of people don't know like some of the more unsavory things that Walt Disney has done. So I thought it'd be super interesting to just sort of go ahead and talk about it for a little bit. So yeah, um, let's get into the life of Walt Disney. Walt Disney was actually born on December 5th, 1901, um, which is pretty cool. I know he's not the best guy, but he's a Sagittarius and I'm a Sagittarius. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, So Walt Disney um, was born to Elias Disney, uh, who was Irish Canadian and Flora Call Disney, who was German American. Um, And he was born in like the Chicago area. They lived in Chicago and then um, they lived in Marceline uh, for about four years and then they ended up moving to Kansas City in 1911. Um, And that's where Walt and his sister Ruth attended the Benton Grammar School. And that's where he met Walter Peffier. The Peffiers were theater aficionados and they introduced Walt Disney to motion pictures. 
And that is what Walt kind of started spending his time doing. He, he spent more of his time at their house than at his own home. Um, and he thought it was just super cool and super interesting that they were really into theater. And so as a child, that's kind of what he ended up doing. During that time of his life as a child, he attended Saturday courses at uh, the Kansas City Art Institute, and he just started to get really interested in making art and, and cartoons as, as well, along with his interest in motion pictures. So after that, um, in 1918, uh, Disney actually dropped out of high school at the age of 16 to join the army, uh, but he was rejected from the army because he was underage. Obviously, <laughs> they're not going to take a 16-year-old, even back uh, in, you know, 1918 <laughs> that was still like not an okay thing but um yeah he dropped out of high school to go ahead and join the army but didn't really work out um then in 1920 uh when he was 19 uh dizzy began creating ads for newspapers magazines movie theaters and stuff like that um and that's sort of when he started um really like taking his art and his cartooning and his animation to a level where it, it was like, okay, like I can do this for money kind of thing. And then about three years later, Disney created uh, these things that were called um, Newman Laughograms um, through his cartoons. Uh, they were like little um, like cartoon animation things. Um, and they became super popular in the Kansas City area where he lived. Um, and they were super successful. And a lot of people really liked them. So Disney was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, you know, create my own studio and hire, you know, animators to make more of these. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> this attempt was not very successful. Um, he wasn't able to make the amount of money that he was paying the animators that he had hired to animate. Um, so there wasn't really a profit. So the studio kind of like <laughs> um, went into a ton of debt and, and went bankrupt because he, it was like the money management. I think, honestly, he probably just hired too many, too many animators and then, you know... <laughs> couldn't pay them. So then in 1924, Disney and his brother actually pooled all their money to set up a cartoon studio in Hollywood. So they went to Hollywood. They're trying to make the trying to make the big picture stuff. <laughs> and this is in 1924. So at the time, uh, Walt was uh, 23 years old, which is really impressive honestly it makes me feel like i'm not doing enough because uh i'm not 23 i'm 21 but i don't know it's just kind of it, it's kind of crazy that like someone so young could start something so big and obviously i'm sure at the time like disney and his brother obviously they wanted to be successful otherwise they wouldn't have done the things that they were doing but it's it's really really cool that they were able to like pull money into this animation studio and like have it develop into this big thing. And it all started when, you know, Disney was only 23 years old. I feel like that's so young to do something so crazy. 
I hope it happens to me though, because that would be super cool. So anyways, in 1928, um, he started creating uh, his first cartoons at the Hollywood studio. Um, and these were like finally being released. So the first animated short with Mickey in it. So Mickey Mouse, we all know Mickey Mouse, love him. Uh, <laughs> um, so the first animated short with Mickey Mouse was titled Plain Crazy, which like all of Disney's previous works, it, it was a silent film. And after failing to find a distributor for Plain Crazy or its follow-up, the Gallop and Guacho Disney created a Mickey cartoon with a sound called Steamboat Willie. And I am probably like 100% sure that all of you guys have seen this cartoon. It's the one where it's like Mickey Mouse and he had he's steering his little boat and it's like the music and it's like whistling. The Steamboat, Steamboat Willie is the sound. And I think they play it either at the beginning or the end of, of all the, the Disney like cartoons and the Disney films. Um, and it's just like Mickey Mouse and it's just like a really short little clip of him just steering a boat. So I think that's really cool that, uh, first of all, that was made so long ago. I mean, if you think about it, it was almost 100 years ago now, which is kind of crazy to say, but uh, it was just like this black and white little short film and it's still played like a lot to this day because it was the first one. And obviously like the first of anything big is just really cool to see. So in 1929, following the footsteps of the Mickey Mouse series, uh, a series of musical shorts called Silly Symphonies were released in 1929. Um, and the first of these was the Skeleton Dance. And that was entirely drawn and animated by Airworks, uh, which is not Walt Disney. Um, and he was also responsible for drawing a majority of the cartoons released by Disney in 1928 and 1929. Um, so that's another thing that I found pretty interesting. So Walt Disney, right? Like Disney is probably one of the biggest names out there. It's all over everything. Like his studio was, was called Disney. And like, I know he started it with his brother who also was a Disney. So like that makes sense but something that never quite added up to me and kind of like <laughs> gives me sus vibes is that he had all these animators and all these cartoonists working for him even before they opened the hollywood studio you know back in you know the laughagram days in like the earlier 1920s um when he had a studio and hired a bunch of animators to make these like short little like cartoon films uh, even back then, I feel like the only name I ever heard was Walt Disney, Walt Disney, Walt Disney. Um, he like took credit for literally like all of this. And it's it's kind of insane to me that um, he didn't give credit to, you know, some of the people who were drawing the cartoons that were released by Disney. And I get that he owned the studio, but I don't know. I feel like if I owned a studio and like one of my employees, one of my animators that I hired made like this big thing, right? They made um, an animation, they created a little short, uh, you know, some little animation and it got really big and it was really popular and everyone really liked it i would be like yeah this was made by this person it wouldn't just be like walt disney 
studios or or Disney whatever. Like I I wouldn't want to take full credit for that because I feel like that is kind of screwed up and not fair. I don't know if like I'm crazy for thinking that, but I just think it's kind of like wild to me that, you know, his name is on everything. Even the theme parks, they're all Disney parks and it's like did you really do all that though? So many people helped you. And that's obvious, obviously, right? You can't just like build and open a theme park by yourself. But it just kind of throws me off a little bit that his name is on everything. And Earworks, who who animated the skeleton dance and drew most of the cartoons that were released by Disney, never even heard that name until I did research for this podcast episode. So it's kind of like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just throws me off, gives me bad vibes. I don't know. It's just like the first like inkling of like, wow, Disney, great. <laughs> Let's not support artists. I thought artists support artists. No, like it, I don't know. It's just upsetting. Um, so continuing on, um, in 1932, uh, Disney actually received a special Academy Award for the creation of Mickey Mouse. Duh, because Mickey Mouse is the GOAT, um, greatest of all time. His series was made into color in 1935, and it actually released a spinoff series for supporting characters such as Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pluto. Uh, Pluto and Donald would immediately get their individual cartoons in 1937, so this is um, like five years after this Academy Award. Uh, they would get their own individual cartoons in 1937, and Goofy would also get solo characters in 1939 as well. So... <laughs> That's really cool. I didn't really, that's really interesting to me. I actually never knew that, like, obviously Mickey Mouse came first because Mickey Mouse is like the OG, but I didn't like really think about Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pluto being supporting characters, um, mainly because a lot of people like have favorite characters, you know, within Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pluto, um, because I feel like they are more than just supporting characters like they have such like dynamic um obviously dynamic because they ended up getting their own individual cartoons five years later um but i just thought that was really cool um i don't really understand why it took an academy award to get them to make supporting characters but um i don't know things were different back then and that's another part of this too this was just like a time where things like this like didn't happen. I know cartoons are everywhere now, but um it's just I guess wasn't a big thing back then. And so to people, this was like the coolest thing ever that, you know, they were making these cartoons and Disney was like the first to do it. And of course, him putting his name on everything made it him get even more credit than I feel like he deserved. All right, so in 1933, uh, Walt Disney was 32 at the time. He attempted to have child. <laughs> um, so he had a wife. Her name was Lily Disney, and they were trying to have a kid. And their first child, unfortunately, um, Lily actually had a miscarriage. But when she became pregnant again, she had birth to a daughter named Diane Marie Disney. 
Wow, what a horrible episode for Diane not to be here. She would be so excited, maybe, if she knew that Walt Disney named his firstborn daughter after her. That's like mind blowing. Wow. Hopefully she listens to this and is like, man, I can't believe Walt Disney named his daughter after me. <laughs> um, then four years later, Disney actually came out with the movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, in 1937. Um, so he introduces each of the seven dwarves in a scene from the original uh, 1937 Snow White uh, theatrical trailer. And after the creation of two cartoon series, Disney began plans for a full-length feature in 1934. And then in 1935, um, opinion polls showed that another cartoon series, Popeye the Sailor, produced by Max Fleischer, was more popular than Mickey Mouse. I didn't know that. That's kind of crazy because Mickey Mouse is like so popular now like I see him everywhere and that might just be because I live in Florida and we have Disney World here among like other Disney parks but to me I feel like Di like Mickey Mouse is everywhere so it's kind of mind-blowing that like polls showed that Popeye the Sailor was actually like more popular especially with um Snow White uh being released around uh, this time in the 1930s. Um, that, uh, if I can just off on like a little tangent here, um, Snow White and the Seven Doors was actually like one of my favorite movies growing up ever. I dressed up like uh, Snow White like all the time when I was two years old. I really liked her. I don't really know why. She's kind of like the most boring um like Disney princess. I don't even know. I don't, was she a princess? I don't even remember. I just know that I really enjoyed the movie as a child, uh, even though it was really old. It's just one of those classics. Like even like, ha like children today have seen that movie because even though it's a really old movie, it's, it's a classic. It's one of the many Disney movies that, that is, you know, well-renowned and well-known. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was interesting as well. Um, along with like the cartoon series uh, being released in uh, 1937. That was pretty cool. So continuing on the timeline in 1939, um, the success of Snow White, which duh, like I just said, that movie's a classic, classic. Can't do much better than Snow White. It's so good. Um, so Disney received uh, a full-size and seven mini miniature uh, Oscar statues, which I thought was really funny. Um, you, you can actually look this up. Um, so when Disney got the Oscar for Snow White, they gave him like one full-size Oscar and seven miniature ones like to represent the, the dwarves which I think is really funny and a lot of people don't know that but I think it's just adorable and it's like such a great idea <laughs> um so yeah he he received those Oscars for the movie uh which is super cute and adorable um and this allowed Disney to build a new sort of like campus for the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank um, which opened for business in 1939 and um, like the, towards the end of December, like right before the new year. Um, and Snow White 
uh, I think was not only the peak of Disney's success, but it also uh, ushered in a period that would be later known as the golden age of animation for Disney. Um, I don't know if I agree with this. I, I mean, duh, like obviously it's it's known as the golden age of animation for Disney, but I tend to think that, I mean, I guess I wasn't around in the, you know, <laughs> in the late 30s. I wasn't born yet, obviously, but um, I just think that like Disney is such a huge name and I guess for animation, it could be the golden age. Um, you know, because they did, like, go on to make theme parks, like, toys, other products, other things. But also, um, there are so many other movies uh, very similar to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves that I feel like did just as well. I remember being, like, a super big fan of, um, of The Little Mermaid as well and Alice in Wonderland too um but like I said I wasn't around in the late 30s um to you know see Snow White you know be released uh obviously it's a great movie but golden age of of animation for Disney I don't know I feel like their animation has gotten a lot better <laughs> not to say that the animation was bad in Snow White it just um it was it's it's been outdated you know um I definitely, like, appreciate them being, like, old, per se, but, yeah. Um, anyways, Snow White did really well. Um, and then in 1955, um, at this point, uh, Walt Disney was 54 years old, um, Disney gave the opening day speech to Disneyland. So Disneyland um, is actually in California, um, so there's Disneyland in California, and then we have Disney World here in Florida, where I live. Um, just as a clarifier, never been to Disneyland. I don't want people to ask me if I've been. I've been to Disney World once, but I was like two, and I don't really remember it. Um, and then I think I went again once when I was like eight, but again, I don't really remember it. Now that COVID's happening, um, I'm not going to any theme parks anytime soon. So, yeah, but um, it is like only like a couple of hours from my house, and I have been there. <laughs> um, but this is about Disneyland, and Disneyland opened in July of 1955. Um, he gave the opening speech. Uh, July 17th, 1955, but he basically like welcomed everyone to Disneyland. Uh, Disneyland is your land. Here age refines fond memories of the past and here youth may savor the challenge and promise the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with ho the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. So that's just a little piece from uh, Walt Disney's um, little opening speech for Disneyland. Um, and yeah, that's that's when Disneyland opened. Um, I guess he was planning it since, um, you know, Snow White took off and a bunch of the, the movies that they were creation, creating at his animation studio that had gotten so popular. He was probably planning this all along. Um, it's genius to say the least. I mean, it is pretty cool that he was able to do that. So, so then after the theme start park started opening, I'm pretty sure 
that Disneyland um, was one of the few that he was alive to actually open. Um, but in 1966, uh, on November 2nd, he was planning to have a surgery and during pre-surgery x-rays, um, doctors at Providence Street uh, Joseph Medical Center across the street from Disney Studio discovered that Disney, um, who was also a, a chain smoker, by the way, for many years, had an enormous tumor on his left lung. Um, and then only not, like a month later, uh, after they discovered the tumor, uh, he died on December 15th, 1966 at 9.30 a.m., uh, 10 days after his 65th birthday. And he was cremated on December 17th, uh, 1966, um, and that his ashes reside at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California, um, and that Royal Disney continued to carry out the Florida Project, which was Disney World, um, insisting that the name be changed to Walt Disney World in honor of his brother. Um, I don't, I'm like wondering why his brother didn't get more credit because he really was like along for the ride his whole life. He did start, like he helped to start the studio in Hollywood, the animation studio. So I'm just kind of wondering, um, that's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, so it, it does say that um, he was cremated after he died, but is that true? Because I hear a lot about his head being frozen so that they can bring him back like when technology allows for them to just like bring him back but um see i don't know who started that rumor i don't know if it's a rumor i don't know if it's real i couldn't find anything confirming a lot of stuff denying uh i couldn't find anything to confirm that that was true but I definitely found a lot of stuff denying that that was true. Um, is it possible? I wouldn't doubt it. Disney is like this crazy big name. Although, why they would freeze Walt Disney's head and not like somebody else, I have no clue. Um, but either way, um, I couldn't find anything to confirm that being true. So I'm gonna chalk that one up as like a like a mystery. Yeah, a lot of stuff says that it's just a false urban legend that uh, his head was uh, cryogenically frozen and that his corpse was stored underneath the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. Um, the first known instance of cryogenic freezing of a corpse occurred a month later so like the first like actually like confirmed known happened a month after he died which if he wanted to do that that's unfortunate that they did it a month later but also it was so close to it happening that i kind of have to wonder like hmm that's a very oddly specific rumor to make up i don't know uh, but yeah, so that's just a very, like, quick, compact timeline of the life of Walt Disney. Um, I will include the source to this um, in the episode description if anyone wants to take a look at the timeline that I used. But now I want to get a little bit into the more shocking things that kind of 
for me, they put like a really bad taste in my mouth, but it makes complete sense as to why a lot of people wouldn't know these bad things about Disney because um, he is like famous in the eyes of children. His work that he did and the cartoons that he did were mainly targeted towards children. So it kind of makes perfect sense to me that these like facts like quote-unquote facts like obviously you know i wasn't there (laughs) when he was alive but um it's it's pretty clear to me why these aren't more widely renowned facts about walt disney because it would kind of ruin things especially for children and you know that's like the case with a lot of things um obviously me and diane talk about um, the cartoon BoJack Horseman um, on this show um, briefly. We should definitely do an episode about it because it's one of the best um, cartoons that I've ever seen personally. And the writing and animation are both just like beautiful. Um, but it, it it's really shown well in that show um, that people who are famous kind of get away with everything and um when you're a public figure like that especially in the eyes of children like um if you've seen bojack horseman um kind of unrelated but i'm gonna connect it in in a second um if you've seen bojack horseman he was a star of a sitcom much like full house um and now he's older and his show is canceled in the 90s and he's just like navigating life and he's just kind of this horrible person who like screws over everyone in his life and that's kind of like what I'm trying to say with with Disney among like other actual like real life stars is that when you know your target audience is children a lot of times um adults especially uh want to shelter children from those negative things and also, even even adults themselves want to be sheltered because if you really enjoy a show or if you enjoy the content or the, the creations that someone is, is putting out, you don't want to know that they, you know, did all these horrible things. You don't want to know. <laughs> so um, I think that's one of the main things and one of the main reasons why a lot of this stuff about Walt Disney, like, isn't public knowledge. Um, I've definitely heard it being, you know, an art student myself and, like, being really interested in art and the history of Disney. Um, I've never been a big Disney fan. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my god, I love Disney. Disney everything. I have a Disney backpack. I go to Disney World every weekend. Like, no, I'm not one of those people. Um, not, Not to speak poorly on those people. I don't really care. I'm just not interested in it that much and, like, that's fine. But, um, you know, it, I have just heard these negative things about him. And it's just kind of, they're just kind of dark. To start, um, one of the sort of accusations that was against Disney um, in, you know, his life is that uh, he reportedly refused to hire women. Um, so apparently uh he replied to an aspiring female animator in a letter saying that he wouldn't hire her because he didn't believe that women should do that sort of job he didn't think that women should be animators um and with this information also in 1938 
there were a lot of jobs that men thought that that women couldn't do um and see this is it's kind of frustrating because a lot of the information that i found it was like yeah he refused to hire women and today you think man that's horrible but um in the context of the times that was totally normal to like not hire women to do things because you just thought that women couldn't do things that was just like a normal thing in 1938 i'm not justifying it i'm just saying like you know if if he didn't hire a female animator it was possibly a victim of the times because honestly if he tried to do that today and word got out that he did that it would not fly <laughs> so i think that this is mainly like a victim of the time but it's it's still definitely upsetting especially because walt disney um kind of paved the way for a lot of things especially with um cartoons and animation studios so you would think that he would be able to easily like pave the way um, by hiring a female animator, but I guess um, he didn't want female animators on his team because he didn't think that women could animate, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in his head. He had uh, female employees for other jobs. He just didn't think that uh, women should be animators, which is really weird. I, I can't even really think of a reason, like, why you wouldn't want to hire a female animator other than, like, just being sexist. Because I know so many, like, I, I know so many, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's just, that's the first thing. Um... Another thing that Walt Disney did that was kind of like looked down upon is that um, his animators who he hired um, at his animation studio um, were not treated the best um, at all. So honestly, probably a good thing that that girl that wanted to become an animator for him didn't get hired uh, because his animators actually went on strike because of pay disparities. Um, so a lot of them, uh, never got, like, paychecks. He was shorting people constantly, never got paychecks. Um, he went through many staff members so quickly that a bunch of them just kind of came together and started a rival company. Um, so that's just kind of a sign to me. Um, obviously, like, it is a fact that his staff members, um, who got let go by Disney created a rival company um and that's just kind of proof to me that it's so screwed up that like he would just constantly be letting go these artists and animators that you know obviously like they worked to be there um and like i just i don't know i mean especially if they were able to create their own like rival animation company that was successful that just means to me that he didn't really have a good reason to fire these people like i mean you can fire anyone for any reason if you're employing them but if they weren't really doing anything wrong and they were still able able to be successful in the same career path after the fact that just kind of is not good yeah um, another claim about Walt Disney is that he was super racist. Um, so a lot of people claim that, um, in a lot of his early films, especially, uh, 
he included a lot of racial stereotypes, um, which echoed his real-life racist attitude. Um, so a lot of sources can't confirm, like, whether his views, like, his personal views went to that extreme, but it's very obvious and apparent that there were racial stereotypes in his early films. In fact, like, if you went on YouTube and searched for, like, the racial stereotypes from Disney films from, like, the early era, um, when they were doing, like, the short films and stuff, um, you can find those, and they exist, and they're real. Um, so I maybe, um, so I'll just include some, some links if I can find something on YouTube and you guys can go look for yourself, but those definitely exist. Whether or not they actually did reflect his personal, personal views, obviously I'm not in his brain, I can't speak to that. Um, but the racial stereotypes in his early films did definitely exist. Disney also did, um, eventually hire an um, African-American animator in the late 1950s. So there's evidence that, like, um, maybe his, like, views progressed as time went on, but it was still, like, really screwed up that, A, he didn't have any African-American animators until the 1950s, and to be the racial stereotypes in his early films. So that this is not good. Um, and then probably the worst, uh, one of the worst things about Walt Disney that I was able to find is that there is evidence that he attended pro-Nazi organization meetings. So Walt Disney's uh, political loyalties in the time preceding World War II he actually attended meetings of the American Nazi party on more than one occasion. Like, there's evidence of him being there. No one knows why he was there. He never came out and was like, yes, I went to tell them off. Like, he never said why. And I guess no one thought to ask why he was attending those meetings. But because of him attending meetings of the American Nazi party on more than one occasion... A lot of people made the assumption that he was a Nazi sympathizer, which I think is a safe bet if, you know, he was going to those political American Nazi party meetings on more than one occasion. Um, so, yeah, he is not the best person. Um, obviously, like I said before, he also took most of the credit for all of his studio's films, which I get, like, you own the studio. I get it. But you have animators who are working super hard to, like, make stuff. And I guarantee you, um, not every single one of these films that he made was his idea. I guarantee it to you. Some of those animators, he had to have had animators, writers, all those people. He had to have these people help. And I guarantee you that not all of these films were completely 100% his idea. And, you know, the fact that his name is sort of on everything and, you know, that he's the one winning the Academy Awards. He's the one winning Oscars and being nominated for Oscars. Um, he's actually received more Oscar nominations than any other person in history, but his fellow creators, like, didn't get any credit. 
And that's another reason why I really don't like him. Obviously, that is not as bad as, you know, being racist and a Nazi sympathizer. But he... He just isn't the greatest guy. (laughs) He's not the best. (laughs) But yeah, those are just some of the things uh, that kind of are a huge turnoff to me for Walt Disney. I've always known he wasn't the best dude, wasn't the most savory character, but you just have to think like, why are we still hyping this guy up? People in 2020 get canceled all the time. I know he's dead, but like, we can't cancel Walt Disney for being a Nazi. Like, really? We can't cancel him for being racist? No. Um, But yeah, so those are just some of the facts about Walt Disney. I thought they were interesting. I thought that we should probably spread spread the word um, about Walt Disney because a lot of people don't know you know, all of these things about him that are not so good. And I just thought it'd be important to share. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for today. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I apologize that it was just me this week. uh, But hopefully, uh, Diane will be settled um, in her new place. And hopefully she'll be able to be back next week. And if not, uh, I will be here next week uh, with another episode. Uh, So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Be sure to, you know, if you're liking the podcast so far, check out our Instagram at Artwise Podcast. We have a bunch of behind the scenes stuff and announcements on there. And we also have uh, links to all our platforms uh, on Anchor. Uh, And you can also send us a voice message on there and we can actually respond to it on the podcast live. So be sure to Um, check that out if you get the chance. And as always, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, Thank you guys so much for the support. um, And I will definitely be seeing you next Monday. Thanks. Bye, everyone.